Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Aren't you forgetting the ruby slippers? You're guilty of nothing! Yes, I'm a Sean! I hereby christen this budget Barbie camper Priscilla. Is butter a carb? I'm a homosexual! This is going to get me my third Tony Award. You are listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. Daniel with you today. Now, this week on Outtakes, we are turning our attention to the small screen. We're looking at queer online content that is made for online viewing. And in particular, short format content made for TikTok which is kind of wild because who'd have thunk that we'd be spotlighting TikTok on outtakes. But the online platform has skyrocketed in popularity and content creators are now using it as a platform to broadcast boundary pushing, innovative, interesting, queer fare. And it's not just content creators who are jumping onto TikTok to get their stories out there. Funding bodies are getting involved. Screen Australia has just announced its second iteration of the Every Voice Initiative, a funding program offering content creators up to $50,000 to produce innovative content designed for TikTok. So coming up on this week's program, we are speaking with Elise Adams, Investment and Development Manager at Screen Australia for online production. We're also revisiting chats with Hannah McKinney, the creator of Trans Athletica, and Logan Moocher, the director of Scattered, two innovative and important new series designed for TikTok and funded in part by Screen Australia. There's a lot to get through today, but before we do, this is not the first time that we've looked at short format TikTok content on outtakes. In fact, about a year ago now, Gina and Alan and I had a really good chat about the way that online spaces are shaping queer content and indeed the way that its distribution has the power to democratize queer content. Here's part of the chat, which is available in full at joy.org.au forward slash outtakes. You're listening to Outtakes on Joy 94.9, and this is From the Vault. Do you remember when we talked with Ruby Rich, who, of course, Mm. um, coined the phrase new queer cinema back in the 90s? She observed this trend of new storytelling. Mm -hmm. And and she said that one of the things that led to this wave of what she called new queer cinema was the availability of new ways of telling story, new technologies. So the camcorder had just been released. And all of a sudden, we had these filmmakers who were telling stories using camcorders. And so, you know, 30 years later, um, is YouTube or TikTok... The new camcorder. But it's not only just the new camcorder. It's not that the technology to, to shoot it and to write it is is more accessible. It's the, the distribution mm. of that material. So mm. we didn't have the internet back when, you know, we were making things on camcorders. We couldn't reach an audience the same way. Yeah. You know, it was VHS, rewind your tape or get the fine, you know, kind of thing, video, <laughs> or go to a festival. So we did. it's more that distribution of a product has become also far more. So it's really changed. Well, yeah, and, and we've seen that a lot. YouTube is just one mm. online platform. You know, there are all kinds of platforms these days online that are democratising the way that content is made mm. and seen. And as you say, distributed. Mm. Now, that's really interesting because when we talk about representation, the big Hollywood studios are often seen, you know, if we 
two-dimensionalize, if we bastardize this conversation about representation, the big Hollywood studios are oftentimes seen as the villain in the story, right? Mm. Impeding access to nuanced representations of queer life. Um, now, I think, you know, when we talk about web series and when we look at the kind of censorship scandal that Ding Dong I'm Gay found itself amidst, we have to seriously question, well, what role do these platforms then play? Are they going to be the new big Hollywood studios in determining what audiences can and can't see? Is that appropriate? You know, there's a real question there. So that's something that I think when we're looking at web series, we have to talk about, well, who monitors what we're seeing online? And YouTube, and, and I think the series that we're looking at today are a really good example to examine this topic because YouTube is not the only platform mm. that they're on. I, Alan and I kind of chuckled because we're of an age where TikTok... Me. <laughs> for yourself. In, in the politest way possible that we can get vaccinated, unlike Daniel over here. Um, so fully, fully vaccinated. We can, I'm almost fully vaccinated. So we you know, TikTok is something I know I haven't engaged with. It's yeah. not the social media that I've engaged with, mm. but I had to figure out for one well, of their shows than Alan today. Over here, who's still on MySpace? Oh, does that even work? Is that's, it as good as the yeah, studio I'm, I'm that sure, I just broke? Uh, yeah, look, you know, I, I've fired up my Commodore <laughs> Commodore sixty four the other day and it was working fine. But we we had to figure out how to download. TikTok. We both did. We yeah. managed to do it. It's an app. It's yeah. not hard, people. Like, yeah. frighteningly embarrassing. But, it's, it's but changing, again, it's changing yeah. the way that stories are being told. It is. And here is yet another gate, going to be another gatekeeper. Yeah. And, you know, Instagram and all these kind of things. And the shows that we're going to be looking at today, not only are using YouTube, but are using the platforms they know their audiences go to and building community there and releasing story there. So if it is censored on YouTube, is it going to be censored on TikTok? Is it going to be censored on Twitter? Is it going to be censored on Twitter? Is it censorship, or 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 is it or is it about having a, an editorial uh, framework, or, editorial or, governance or, no, look, I, around I, I think, around what con- around you know things like honey, nudity and swearing and drug gay. referencing? All you know. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's let's just take it one step. So back. I'm just, sure there are platforms. You know, horses for courses. You are listening to Outtakes. Uh, That was just a small snippet of a conversation Gina, Alan and I had about a year ago now when we looked at short format online queer content and the way it was being policed at the time. We were looking at a a short format series called Ding Dong I'm Gay, which had just been taken off YouTube because it was allegedly too explicit for the platform. If you want to find out more about that controversy and take a listen to the full program, head to joy.org.au forward slash outtakes. But we are today continuing our look at uh, online short format queer fare, particularly with a view to content being designed for TikTok, which is kind of the new home of boundary pushing online queer fair kind of content that's being created for the space is incredible, really. Uh, And that's something that's been recognized by Screen Australia with its new initiative, Every Voice. Now, Every Voice ran last year and funded a number of short format productions for TikTok. Uh, And it's running again this year. And to talk to us about the new initiative, we're joined by Elise Adams, who's an investment and development manager for online production at Screen Australia. Her role includes managing development, production and completion funding for multiple online projects across YouTube, Facebook, ABC iView, SBS On Demand, Netflix, Stan, and of course, TikTok. Ailey's deals with creators, writers, producers, platforms, broadcasters, and other humans every day using her years of experience working in the online sector to give guidance on the best way to create unique content that will reach a global audience. We're thrilled to be joined by Ailey's on the program today, Elise, to begin, that's quite a mouthful. Tell us, what does your role at Screen Australia actually involve? I'm across uh, production funding and development funding for uh, online projects. So, yeah, uh, mainly it's web series uh, that we look at um, that come in with either yeah, an idea that they want to try and get support from us, either at a development stage, so, you know, writing getting the, the concept off the ground or actually getting it made and, and going out and shooting it. And that's where we come in. I think a lot of our listeners might be surprised to hear that Screen Australia actually has an online t- team. You know, when we think about <laughs> on-screen content, we often don't think about 
the way in which the online space has evolved to be a real home for for new and diverse on-screen content. So I guess the question is, why is it so important for Screen Australia to invest in and produce content for online spaces? Well, for us, you know, we are making content for Australian audiences, so we want to be going where they are watching. And everyone knows that uh, online, more and more audiences are flocking there. So uh, why shouldn't we be supporting creators who want to make content for that space? Um, We really like how online creators can push boundaries when you come onto that space uh, and really find, you know, niche audiences that can tap into huge viewerships, especially when it's going, you know, to to a global audience. So we love being in the online space and um, we've got a lot of great success stories and, you know, the department and fund has been around for a while now that there's actually quite a number of people that we can point to in the industry that are further along in their careers that actually got their first start through um, outdoors. Mm. And I love that idea of online spaces being a place for uh, content producers to really push boundaries. What do you think it is about the online platform that allows creators to push boundaries more than they might on conventional or in productions for conventional platforms? Well, I think it comes down to just being no gatekeepers, you know. Um, You can really just go out uh, and make what you think is funny or moving or interesting and put it up there and get that response back from the audience. So, you know, we see that a lot with the creators we deal with. Um, you know, they come to us maybe already with a built, uh, built-in following and say, look, this is what I want to make. Uh, and they can point to that audience to say, you know, people want to watch it. Um, so we really like to see that. Or when teams come to us to have an idea and uh, have a specific audience that they want to reach uh, and can show uh, through other series or other things that are doing well that their idea could connect to an audience. Oh, look, on the one hand, I said earlier, a lot of our listeners might be surprised to hear that Screen Australia is funding and producing content for online spaces. But on the other hand, I think that will come as no surprise to many of our listeners, because really, in the past few years, especially the pandemic has really pushed us online to find new content. I mean, we've all kind of been living more and more online. So is, is that your experience as well? How has the pandemic, do you think, shaped the way that as audiences, we digest our media and as audiences, we um, look for content online. Yes, uh, the pandemic definitely had an impact uh, on how creators were working and, and how audiences were operating. Definitely, you know, uh, seeing that big rise in TikTok really becoming a, a dominant platform in that space. Uh, I think also in the types of content people were wanting to watch and stories they were wanting to see. We saw that with our creators who were coming through with ideas that were uh, dealing with living, you know, in a pandemic and what what that like. Um, we had a great series with Retrograde went on ABC, Loving Captivity that went out on Facebook, and another one cancelled um, that really found a, a huge audience through its Facebook um, community. And uh, we really liked uh, the kind of creativity that those creators brought um, and also the resilience. You're listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. Daniel with you today as we look at short format online queer content designed for TikTok. Now, that's a bit of a mouthful, but to help us break it down, we are joined by Elise Adams, who's been speaking to us about her role as the Investment and Development Manager for Online Production at Screen Australia. Now, Elise, the other... Um, I mean, just coming back to this idea of online content pushing boundaries, it's also proved a... You know, I think in my observation, a more fertile space for diverse voices, because indeed, Mm -hmm. um, it's often the diverse voices that seek to push the boundaries. Is that your experience too? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think globally, you know, there is an audience out there who, for whatever kind of community you belong to, or identity, you you know, you turn to uh, the internet to find that representation to find that comfort because you're not necessarily seeing it in traditional spaces so uh when it comes to online there is that huge audience of people wanting that type of content uh and it's great that we're able to fund creators who can deliver 
um, that much needed content. Mm. So when we talk about online content, I mean, you've already mentioned a few platforms, including Facebook, and it just it, it's still kind mm. of mind boggling to me that we talk about Facebook as a platform for on-screen content. But I yeah. mean, I guess, I guess you're right. That's where we digest our media so often. What are some of the other online platforms that are proving new and fertile grounds for screen content? Well, we do obviously a lot on YouTube. Uh, and then yeah, in the past two years, that has really shifted to more and more of a focus uh, with TikTok. Um, obviously, that is quite different in that uh, they are shorter uh, episodes. Uh, now, obviously, it's increased past 60 seconds, but at the time, it, you know, it was only a minute that you could have on there. Um, so the types of stories that we're seeing are different. Um, and, you know, we're pretty open to kind of whatever platform uh, creators want to release on as long as they can justify why it's going out there and, and why uh, their audience is there. So um, the example I like to always give is, you know, if you were wanting to make a, a series that was for a YA audience and was 20 minutes long and you wanted to release on Facebook, that might not be the, the right move. Um, but, you know, something like TikTok, then that, that could work. Uh, so, yeah, we're really open to kind of whatever video platform is out there um, as long as uh, there's a pathway to audience. Okay, you're making me feel very old right now. So is the, is the proposition that young adults don't visit Facebook anymore? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, they're not really <laughs> signing up uh, and checking out uh, on, on Facebook. Um, but that doesn't mean there isn't an audience there. And yeah, something like cancelled um, really connected with you know, a uh, more mature audience base. Yeah, I mean, look, that's fascinating in and of itself, isn't it? Because I suppose now that your certain certain productions are being pitched for certain online platforms, uh, creators they must have to be far more particular about who their audiences are. It's not like the old days where you can pick a time slot on on te- television and kind of capture a real cross section. They really are targeting their productions at more specific audiences. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important. Uh with uh, teams that are coming to us and, you know, talking about an idea they want to do that um, they are also fans or interested in that type of content because then they know how the audience behaves. Mm. Um, So kind of, yeah, the authenticity has to be baked into the team in order for the project to succeed. Otherwise, you know, I think online audiences are really savvy and can snip out a fake super quick. Um, So, yeah, the team needs to know uh, who their audience is and, you know, in a way be creating for themselves so that they can actually market it towards them. I love that because we talk so much about authenticity on this program and clearly uh, authenticity is important to you when you're looking at various mm-hmm. productions and, and potential funding for those productions. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I think uh, screen content should be reflecting Australian society and everyone should be able to see themselves on screen. So that is the big thing that we look at when uh, assessing a project is, you know, uh, who is telling the story and why are they wanting to tell the story? Does that match up? Now, I want to ask you more about TikTok because clearly TikTok is, well, it seems to me the new frontier for online screen content. But then I have to confess that I'm clearly antiquated and don't know very much about TikTok. For content creators who are producing content for TikTok, what are, in your view, the parameters for content creation in that, in that uh, well, for content creation for TikTok? Well, yeah, it's a very exciting space right now. Um, I, you know, have, have drunk the Kool-Aid. I think TikTok is <laughs> a great place for creators wanting to, you know, basically break into the industry. Um because it's a little bit like the golden days of YouTube. Uh, you know, you really can um, release a video on TikTok with no following behind you and reach a large audience. Um, a great example is another Australian series, uh, The Formal. Uh, their pilot episode went out. They don't have any following. The account didn't have any following and it reached uh, a million views. Wow. Um, and, you know, it really knew the audience it was going after and, and they found it and loved it. And a million views. I mean, that's fantastic. That's, you know, I don't know what the latest stats are for a uh, big budget television series in primetime slots, but I'd imagine that's highly competitive. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I think the amount of uh, views that we can get through our department versus, you know, the, the funding that we have, it's um, a big, uh, you know, it's a big reward um, in terms of uh, what we're getting. But then also there's quite an art to producing content for TikTok as well, isn't there? Because it's not every content creator who can uh, tell a story in 60 seconds. Oh, totally. It's, yeah, uh, people shouldn't just think like, oh, it's on TikTok. Yeah, you just whack it up on, on TikTok. You do need to, you know, be on the app um, and seeing how it works. You're telling a story through short form content is it, its own medium. So you need to understand their parameters and how how it works. Um, let's talk dollars then. For the average content creator, I mean, of course, there's going to be a huge spectrum, but, but when we're looking at um, some of these more polished TikTok productions, the kinds that Screen Australia will usually um, assist in the production of, you know, how much, you know, people are watching these one-minute series, they probably don't always have an appreciation of how much money and work goes into these productions. So for your average TikTok series, what are we looking at to to get the series into production and on our screens? Well, I guess it depends project by project. Um, our department funding, so for online production funding, uh, our funding goes up to $500,000, and that's at a grant level. So you can ask from anywhere in between there. Mm. Um, otherwise, you know, we do uh, disclose all the funding that we give to a, a project in our drama report. So you can always, you know, if you are interested um, in a web series, you can have a look through there. Uh, for the Every Voice initiative, um, the first year was $50,000, and this year it can go up to $75,000. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about the Every Voice initiative then. Tell us, what is that initiative? So, uh, Every Voice is a partnership that we have with uh, TikTok and Ended On Air. Uh, We ran it last year and we're uh, running it again now. Um, It's a, you know, we're essentially wanting to help the next generation of online storytellers expand their vision and make uh, content that's going to reach a really global audience. Um, and yeah, so we're excited to be supporting new ways for people to tell their stories and engage with those um, audiences. Tell us about then some of the content that came out of the initiative last year. Yeah, so we had uh, Trans Athletica uh, that just came out, uh, which is a really great series. Um, I think it's about halfway through releasing right now, but you know, it's looking at the important issue of uh, trans people in sports, but most importantly, told from uh, a trans perspective, which I think you know is left out of the conversation a lot of the time. Um, mm. So uh, I think it's a really great example of what you can do uh, on TikTok and within you know sixty seconds. Seems like a very complicated, hard topic, um, but you know if you go and watch that series, you definitely learn a lot and uh, come away feeling informed. So another one we have is statistics. Um, which is looking at sex, gender, and identity uh, through you know, the very sexy use of statistics and data. <laughs> That's from um, a TikTok creator, Esme, and uh, I, lo- I love that series. Uh, again, that one is, is releasing at the moment, um, and I would encourage everyone to go check that out to uh, get more informed uh, on those topics. I love that. So tell me, I am, I am, as I said, super antiquated, have never used TikTok in my life. One of, we actually ran an episode last year of outtakes where we looked at some of the content on TikTok and one of my co-hosts kept calling it the TikTok, which I think is kind <laughs> of super telling um, and kind of shameful actually. But so tell me, do I need to create a TikTok account to view this content or is it available elsewhere online or should I just kind of um, stop complaining and sign up? Well, the good thing is you don't need an account to, to watch TikTok. So <laughs> Did I that. just reveal how old I am? I think you need an account <laughs> for TikTok, but you don't. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you can download the app and you know start going through and checking stuff out. Or, you know, TikTok does, you can go on you know, a desktop version and, and have a look. I would say the functionality is a is good. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, going on the app, searching either trans athletica or statistics will take you uh, to where you need to go. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I would encourage you to um, 
<laughs> download it and uh, have, <laughs> okay. have a go yourself. Okay. Well, look, it's, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful initiative. I think it's this intersection, right, of online content and diverse content, which is so important. If there are any listeners uh, of Outtakes listening to the program today and thinking that they might have a good idea for a short format series and they could use some funding and they want to get involved in this initiative, how can they go about doing that? Yes, well, we would love uh, as many applications as possible. So, uh, as I said there, they're open right now and closing uh, on the 21st of July. So, you need to submit a short one-minute pitch video and you post that on TikTok uh, with the hashtag uh, every voice. Um, otherwise, you know, I would say go onto our website and read the rest of the um, eligibility requirements. But also just feel free to uh, contact Screen Australia, have either an email or a phone call um, if you're interested in applying, and we can help you from there. But um, we're really, like, we love the stuff that has come out from uh, the first year, so we're really excited for the next batch to come in. So, you know, if you have a really great idea, um, you don't need to have a TikTok following behind you. Um, so please think about uh, applying. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us on Outtakes today. It's been uh, such a pleasure speaking with you, and I'm really excited to see some of the new content that's assisted by this new initi- initiative. I think it's a great initiative. Thank you. Yeah, us too. Elise Adams there, the Investment and Development Manager of Online Production at Screen Australia, talking to us about the Every Voice initiative. Head to screenaustralia.gov.au to find out more about the initiative, but otherwise stick around because we are spotlighting some of the great online content to come out of the initiative right after this. You're listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. Daniel with you today as we dive in deep to the world of online short format queer content designed for TikTok. And and who'd have thunk that would be dedicating an episode of Outtakes to TikTok? But the platform is having a moment. So how could we not stop to celebrate some of this innovative interesting new queer fair. We just spoke with Elise Adams, the Investment and Development Manager at Screen Australia for Online Production. Uh, in particular, we looked at the Every Voice Initiative, which is this great new initiative funding online innovative content for TikTok. And one of the programs to come out of that initiative last year was Trans Athletica. Outtakes co-host Conrad Brown sat down with Hannah McKinney, one of the team behind this amazing and very timely new Australian documentary series, and had a chat about the series. Trans Athletica is a 17-part series that focuses on the trans experience in a world of gendered sports and features the voices of leading transgender athletes and activists. Conrad started by asking Hannah about how Hannah came to be working in creating short format on-screen content for social media. So I've worked in content for a while. So I worked at Vice Media, APAC, right up until 2020, like a lot of people. I actually moved to New York in March of 2020. Um, When I returned, I had no apartment or nothing. And so I was living with my parents and needed work. And so that's when I met my now co-founder and business partner, Jamie, um, and we decided to start our own content studio. And it was in the middle of lockdown. And so TikTok was having a massive boom. And so that is really kind of where we focused making TikToks. And so we really haven't kind of looked back. TikTok is a very big deal now. Um, And it's been good because I can kind of take everything that I've learned about content and storytelling and basically condense that down into the really short form requirements of TikTok. So from there, we launched Rainbow History Class, which is my absolute baby and passion project, which is all about teaching queer and trans history to predominantly young people, though a lot of um, older people watch our content as well on TikTok in kind of one minute episodes. And so off the back of the success of that, we have been able to secure funding for our second project, which is Trans Athletica. So that's my entire life story. Too good. You literally had a sliding doors moment. I did. That's so crazy. 
and and look where it led you. And I think it does feel like it was, you know, fate. It was kismet. It was meant to be. And you probably would have ended up here in some way, you know, way, but it just, this route got you there a lot faster by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's the it's the help of a very powerful algorithm. I think it is all timing. Um, what is it about TikTok that is such a great platform for Rainbow History Class and your new project, Trans Athletica? What does it do that you couldn't do in those traditional formats? I think it's the ability to reach new audiences. So it works on a recommendation algorithm, which means that it's served up for you, unlike other platforms where you might need to search something that you're interested in or follow someone that you're already interested in TikTok will serve you what it thinks you might be interested in and because of that that means that you're able to reach people that maybe haven't thought of what you're talking about at all they talk about this sort of gender and sexuality this boom that's happened on TikTok because much like Tumblr did um, years beforehand on TikTok, people are being exposed to so many different types of people that have shared experiences and so many people as a result are going, hang on, maybe I'm like that or maybe that is the kind of identity I should try on. And so I think for in particular queer and trans type subject matter, I think it is so powerful because you're reaching a new audience with something that people aren't given. And so therefore there's a huge appetite for it. It's incredibly accessible too. You can tap into it so easily through in a private way, but it can be shared to millions of people. So it's, it's got the best of both worlds. And look, I'm not, I don't think this is, um, you know, telling anything new here, but I am an older person who is very old school when it comes to, you know, usually the way that I enjoy films. I still love going to the cinema. I have embraced, you know, obviously watching things at home as well. But my my experience with TikTok was pretty limited up until very recently. And I was really fortunate to come along to the launch of your new project, Trans Athletica. So it's a 17-part documentary series, all done on TikTok talking about this really incredibly important subject focusing on the trans experience um, in the world of gendered sports you have an incredible presenter and person who really drives this project obviously you'd had the experience of doing rainbow history class but how did trans athletica become what it is now and out there in the world Well, it's been kind of a long journey because we received grant from Screen Australia and TikTok themselves. So that was really new and exciting. Mm. So we essentially pitched this idea for a TikTok documentary. And at that point was not something that, that we knew was possible. I'd worked around documentaries a lot at Vice, but they don't do brilliantly um, on TikTok So we knew that we needed to kind of hack the documentary form and do it in a minute. And and we learned so much along the way doing that. But once we received that kind of funding, we, we began to work on it. Now it got pushed in terms of timelines because of COVID and lockdowns. And so we have had this on our radar for over a year, I think, not that I know for sure. (laughs) Um, And so when we first um, began looking at it, we were not really thinking that the audience would be mass. Um, We thought it would be, you know, a kind of a LGBTQ plus sort of social justice interested audience or a progressive sport audience. But by the time we got around to filming it, it was part of the election campaign and national news. And so we then needed to rethink how we were using TikTok and how we were going to play with the the different touch points that the app and the algorithm gives you to kind of reach people in a way that was more positive or, or enter the discussion differently. I think having Rudy Jean Reek as the presenter and sharing their lived experience as a trans man navigating their journey for a choice of a better word in the world of competitive sport was obviously just such a powerful way to tell the story and then to bring in all of these people who are also going through these experiences as well as some experts it is an extremely powerful series 
how do you feel now? I know you don't, you know, I don't want to put you in the position of having to be a spokesperson on this because I think it's just so complex anyway. But how do you feel having trans athletica out there as part of the narrative around all of this? I certainly feel grateful and in a sense humbled because so much of the work that Trans Athletic has done is built off the back of a lot of really incredible, I guess, activism in the space and people that are writing policies and people that have the unglamorous jobs of working with, you know, a sporting code to change one minuscule thing. They're kind of, they're having to take so many steps and it just feels like such a long road and they were doing that long before it became an election issue and so I think from their work it feels brilliant and to be able to kind of take some of what they're telling us and use what I think or at least my skill is is in terms of writing that in a way that will tell that that story in and reach more people so certainly in terms of the actual issues I see Trans Athletica as the very best version of getting the work of other people and their perspective out there. And my hope is that we've retained all of the nuance as much as we possibly can in one minute episodes and picked the right arguments to explore. And I think that to me is satisfying. I think for Rudy, who is equal parts a content um, creator, but also someone who is an athlete um, mm. I think that's a bit more of a of a complex kind of relationship between those two people but otherwise it has felt really brilliant to be able to weigh in on the discussion and that people were open to talking to us and I have to say that very few people would talk to us in the end um, a lot of athletes just said you know why would I and we had no answer to that because we were just like why would you I feel like you've added such a powerful voice to the conversation and the way that you've done it through TikTok is is really cool. What would be something you would say to people who are thinking about doing a project in this space? What's your um, advice? Gosh, there's so much. The first thing is, is like, don't wait because the beauty of TikTok is that you can do a very rough sketch of an idea and have it live and you see if people like it like instantly that day if you've got a story that you want to try out go and make a version of it and put it on on tiktok and see if it works it doesn't cost anything it's just like test your idea out on tiktok first the next thing is the biggest thing we learned is that there were many times throughout the editing process it nearly killed me and definitely carly um our brilliant editor which was these so many times we were like, oh my God, let's just do the three minute cut. Let's just do the three minute episode. It's actually not going to take us any longer. Like, let's just make this one three minutes. And I was really staunch in that. No, every episode is a minute. And the difference between cutting a three minute story and cutting a one minute story is massive. So some things that we did was, um, you know, in documentaries, you get so much of a person's character by lingering shots of their hands or their their face you can't do any of that so we needed to create like a narrative device that would ask the questions that we were expecting in a long form to arise in the audience's mind so that's how we created this detective set which was entirely um built to scale of a tiktok screen so it was a <laughs> nine by sixteen coach's office Um, and we really used that that came through late in the piece when we realized oh how are we going to flag these um these questions we need to answer so we had to put in a character to to ask them Um, and that's where that kind of um part came in to drive the the narrative of each tiktok along what is the one thing you would like people to take away after they finish watching the series i think that the next that it's not an easy answer and you know to be perfectly honest which is what comes through in the series is that Rudy and I began this writing process with the simple question of what if there was another way to do this and then as you'll see throughout the series you see that kind of unravel and us having real-time realizations that transphobia is just so pervasive and systemic it's not a kind of switch (laughs) 
on and off type Mm. issue. So at the end, if we can encourage people to start asking actual questions, for example, people currently are quoting science that is not there. And we know it's not there because there are not enough transgender elite athletes to form any kind of sample size. Let's start with like actually asking questions and thinking about all of our issues and then actually seeing if there's anything there because from our research, there isn't. Many thanks to Hannah McElhenney for speaking with me about Trans Athletica, the fantastic new must-see documentary series, which is available to watch now. Just search for transathletica.series on TikTok. You're listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9, where today we are turning our attention away from the big screen and toward the small screen as we celebrate short format online queer content designed for TikTok. And that's quite a mouthful, but we've been breaking it down over the course of the program with some help from Elise Adams, who's the Investment and Development Manager for Online Production at Screen Australia, and Hannah McKinney, the Director of Trans Athletica, which is available now on TikTok. But of course, this is not the first time we've looked at online TikTok fair and what's different about it. Last year, we sat down with Logan Moocher, who's joined us on Outtakes a few times, but joined us to talk about his new production, Scattered. Scattered is an innovative and moving drama exploring themes of grief, friendship, and identity. And uh, we asked Logan to tell us a little bit more about what Scattered is about. Uh, So the series is a young adult drama, um, and it's about three friends who steal um, their best mate's uh, ashes from his funeral. And they take it for one last night out. Uh, but across the course of the night, um, it gets a bit hazy and they wake up the next day without the ashes. So they have to spend the day quickly scrambling to um, retrace their steps and find their ashes before uh, their friend's parents need to scatter him. Uh, now, Logan, do you know that Gina had to download TikTok specifically <laughs> to watch this series? <laughs> I'm old enough to be vaccinated, much, honey. appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit overwhelming, TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, look, Logan, you've been on our program a bunch of times before. I'm always for really interesting queer content, but we've never uh, viewed anything you've done on TikTok before. How is it different producing a series, making a series for TikTok, and why? Why Why do you do it? Why is TikTok uh, an appropriate forum for this kind of storytelling? Making stuff for TikTok is, is very different, obviously, from traditional uh, storytelling and normal platforms because you – well, at the time, we, you know, it's, it's increased now, but we're confined by that uh, one-minute length. And so you have to kind of tell uh, – every episode has to kind of have a something that grabs you at the start, a hook at the end – um, so everything has to try and be as self-contained as possible. So it is quite hard squeezing a lot of content and story into uh, one minute. But, um, well, but Alan I'm, struggles I'm, to get a sentence into <laughs> a minute. <laughs> That's a fair comment. So I'll pay that, D. I'll pay that. But, uh, you, you know, having said that, you know, trying to squeeze all of that into one minute, I, you know, it's hard enough getting that into just a, an ordinary short film, let alone one minute of TikTok. Yeah. I mean, that surely has, has taken, you know, a feat of, of writing prowess and editing um, mastery. Note, note how that took him more than a minute to say. Logan, can I, can I ask? Um, thank you. Uh, but I, I kind of come from the – I kind of work in advertising as well, so I'm quite used to working with directors and kind of writing, you know, ads for 30 seconds, 60 seconds. So for me personally, it wasn't too much of a challenge because I'm used to trying to, you know, do tell a whole story or sell something in such a short amount of time. Um, but it was quite challenging, you know, trying to make everything have that hook and kind of being, you know, make it have a coherent sense and kind of telling the through lines to the whole thing was quite, you know, hard. And so, like I said, we kind of did this in lockdown last year. So we had all, I know, I had all the time in the world to keep writing it until we got it right. <laughs> well, look, look, I'll pay you a compliment. There was actually one episode there where I, well, I was starting to choke up. I was Aww. actually almost in tears. Aww. And I thought, well, I think that's pretty amazing to actually get that response with in under a minute. So 
I'll give you a compliment. Pay a compliment there. Well done. Thank you. Well, you should just keep watching to the end. We're only a few episodes away from the end, um, and I can probably guarantee you'll cry by then. Okay, fantastic. Aww. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the last seven episodes, right? I've watched, you know, yeah, 31, yep. and yep. and there's one that's supposed to drop. Oh, did one drop this afternoon at 2 o'clock? Did uh, I, is that the 30? Weekdays. Weekdays, 2 p.m. Weekdays at 2 p.m. Okay, right. Can yeah. I ask Logan, and apologies if you can't hear me because of the way we're oh, streaming you, <laughs> is the, you know, there's kind of always that dec- deciding whether to have things that people can binge right away or whether you do things like you've done on this TikTok, which is, see, I called it the TikTok again, yeah. um, where you release things slowly. Can you help us around the decision to release something, you know, weekly rather than just have everything there for, you know, an audience to go find and binge? Look, so I'm going to be speaking on behalf of the producers here because they're going to be managing the uh, rollout and distribution of it. So I've kind of, you know, uh, cleaned my hands of it at the moment. But they they kind of had success, you know, with Love Song with their show before. Mm. They kind of, you know, found that by having something in a regular time um, each day meant, uh, meant they could kind of build a, an audience, a kind of new one to come, new one to look for it. Because as of TikTok, as you probably discovered, it's not like, you know, you go on YouTube, you get a notification when you, the new episode comes out. Um, it's quite random and it's all over, you know, you're kind of just getting the stream, just random stuff coming at you. So it was, I, I'm assuming that they're kind of, you know, reason for doing so was to try and give some stability and some kind of ability for an audience to know when to come back and look for something. Cause otherwise, you know, if they kind of were looking for something and it's not there, if we kind of had this random release strategy, it would probably be very hard to know, um, when to kind of come and look at it. Well, let me ask you this then, Logan. While we're talking about audience, what what is the audience like? Firstly, do you have a sense of what demographic is is viewing this content? But secondly, in what numbers? Um. So the best thing was, uh, you know, for this kind of story, which was aimed at, you know, we wanted to tell a story about, you know, loss and grief through a young uh, through the perspective of young queer people. And TikTok is a very young demographic on it, you know, who are hard probably to reach on, you know, traditional um, platforms. So we kind of, you know, are right in the hands of the people we wanted to reach. But the audiences that we've had and the way they've engaged with it has just been overwhelmingly positive. Um, they've been very supportive. They've been very, you know, they've been loving the show, which our producers have said that, you know, things they've done before, it's, it's TikTok's quite um, polarizing. You know, there's a lot of arguments in the comments and stuff like that. And even though we're quite surprised by how overwhelmingly positive um, all the feedback and comments were um, well, on the episode. But well-deserved. Yeah. I mean, that that positive feedback is so well-deserved, Logan, and I'm someone who has seen trickles of what tic-tac, what tic-tac. Oh, there you go. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's the vaccine. It's clearly my 5G's kicked in. So, I mean, I've seen what I thought was TikTok and then I downloaded to watch Scattered and I'm, I've subscribed and I'm following and it's blown me away because it is such strong, succinct storytelling. It is so clever. Nothing that is on screen is wasted. And when you do come back, you know, when we do bookend or, or retouch a moment, like when, you know, Bo is in the bathroom and you come back to that, it is so powerful. So I think oh, you've just done a tremendous job in telling a phenomenal story. No. That's just and there's four hundred and fifty thousand likes. Wow. on on TikTok and and what is it? Nearly forty nine thousand followers. It's pretty good in okay, less okay. than thirty days. That's a month. That's a month's worth Logan, of work. Don't, to, don't let not Daniel to interrupt this shower of praise, but I do actually have a couple more questions <laughs> that I was hoping to, hoping to take. Keep the compliments coming. No, it's really <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, no, look, clearly the series resonates. Um, uh, 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 Gina and mm. Alan, you know, walked into the studio today, and uh, all, all they've been again. doing is, um, <laughs> is is showering praise on this series, <laughs> legitimately. Oh, it's very sweet. Uh, I don't know. For a second there, I thought it was filmed in Footscray at, at one of the bars at uh, very Melbourne. Pride of our oh, Footscray and the pool Yeah, bar. no, it was it was filmed all around mostly the northern suburbs. Um, mm-hmm. Not in not in Footscray, but mostly kind of north. Detroit, Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, That's it. I'm deleting from my app now. <laughs> delete, delete, uh, unfollow, look, unsubscribe. <laughs> we, we went Southside for a couple of locations. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Logan. Um, did you? I think you said earlier that you received some funding from Screen Australia for the production. Is that correct? 
Yes, that's right. Uh, Screen Australia and Film Victoria. Yeah, because I, I certainly was aware of the funding that um, you'd received from Film Victoria. Um, it's provided funding to a, a number, I think about 12 web series, and obviously Scattered was one of those, and it's quite a large pool of money that it's that it's put up for these series. Why do you think it is that our peak screen bodies are looking to channel funds into short format storytelling of this nature? And, and do you think that there's a commercial return for them or is this about uh you know the kind of cultural return oh that's a big question um Uh, all about the big questions is that you know two things you know screen australia and film victoria both are always you know trying to look for keep on top of you know new ways of storytelling so for them it was kind of looking to see what the potential tiktok could offer so they want to kind of try and make sure they're experimenting and kind of exploring all these different platforms and avenues um, but obviously something like that, TikTok's not set up to make a, a revenue, um, you know, it's not set up to make money from it yet. Um, and so that's for them, it's not so much about making sure that we make money and pay them back and stuff like that. It's one, you know, as you said, it's about ensuring that we have a diverse range of stories, you know, are reflected um, within Australia. And so they obviously have a remit for that, which, which is great. Um, and yeah, but the other main thing they're trying to do is invest in the talent as well. Um, so this is kind of like a stepping stone, I suppose, you know, just to prove that we can kind of, we can do something on a small scale before we kind of take on bigger projects afterwards. So how so does, so, a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> so how does, how does, how does this, uh, this series scattered, scattered. actually make money? How, how do you, how, well, what, I mean, what is the commercialization of it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't at all? No, oh, no, so we don't make any money off it. So obviously, you know, the funds, uh, the funds that we kind of get, make sure that we are going to get paid for our, you know, wages and our rates and stuff like that. Oh, Alan, I'll have a chat to you off air. How the rest <laughs> of us kind of <laughs> Alan, just go on. How true is it that he thinks, every, that he thinks everyone makes money? Nobody's no money. Someone must be making money. Someone must be making money out of TikTok. No, but surely. Yeah, yeah, it's more about kind of growing your talents and growing skills, um, okay. you know, on a small scale. So it's an investment. Really and growing an audience, I think, and, and, and I think you guys have easily done that. But it's, it's not just that as well. I think, I think it is the cultural return, and that is, as uh, yes. Logan, as you say, one of the remits, and, and that is the purview of Film Victoria and Screen yeah. Australia as well. It's to, it's to take local stories to international audiences as, as well as around the country but really to um to showcase not only australian talent but australian stories and and that's what this series is doing yeah totally and totally and like and the best thing about this as well is in tiktok is that we have a global audience like most of the, you know we've got so many people overseas in america mm. um it's, we've got a big audience there but it, it's great to be able to have your work seen by an international audience which is sometimes harder to do with australian stories in different platforms Logan Moocher there talking about his series Scattered, which landed on TikTok last year and is still available to view a great queer series to check out. Uh, and check out Trans Athletica while you're there. If you want to find out more about Trans Athletica, head to joy.org.au where you can catch our full program looking at new queer documentaries and we feature Trans Athletica in that program as well. Big thank you to Elise Adams for joining us on the program today as we explored TikTok and short format queer fair design for TikTok. But we've run right out of time. That's it for another week of Outtakes. You've been listening to Outtakes, the home of queer film and television on Joy 94.9. Want to catch up on past episodes? Head to joy.org.au forward slash outtakes or search Outtakes on your favourite podcast platform. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.